have questions about faith. And, and sometimes we can get confused about exactly what it is. Some people say, well, you know, faith is just a step off a cliff into the darkness. It's just a leap of faith. It's check your brains at the door and now you're gonna operate by faith. Some people get the idea that faith is a feeling. The other people think that faith is positive thinking like the little train who says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, and that is faith. So we're gonna look today and answer the question, what is faith? Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Today, we begin a five-message series entitled, The Walk. And in it, Pastor Jeff will provide insightful, practical, and biblical encouragement to help you take God at His Word and learn to step out on His promises, regardless of the circumstances in which you find yourself. Now, today, we'll begin the message simply called, What is Faith? where we'll build the foundation for the rest of these important lessons for daily living and eternal security. We'll learn what faith is, why it's necessary, and in what we should place our faith. Now, as I said, this is the first of five that we're airing through the end of the month. If you miss any along the way, you can catch up at fromhisheart.org. Right now, open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 as Pastor Jeff will ask and answer this fundamental question, what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, we want to start a new series today entitled The Walk. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, we want to learn about this thing called faith. You know, faith is so critical to the Christian life. Faith is what connects us initially to God. Faith is required for salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. So we need faith in order to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. For by grace through faith. We need faith to grow in our relationship with Christ. Not only is it necessary for salvation, it's necessary for sanctification. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You received him by faith, now walk in him by faith. And we need faith not only for salvation and not only for sanctification, but we need faith in order to please God because the Bible tells us without faith it is impossible to please God. We need faith to see God do in our lives lives because Jesus said, Be it done to you according to your faith. Faith is so critical, but lots of people are confused about faith. They they, they get really uh, convoluted in understanding faith. I heard a story about three blondes, and they were walking in the forest, and they came across some tracks. And the first blonde looked at the tracks, and she said, those are deer tracks. The second blonde said, "Uh uh-uh, those are moose tracks. And the third blonde says, uh-uh, those are elk tracks. And they were still arguing about it when the train hit them. 
I thought that was pretty funny too. But, uh, <laughs> but we, they had questions about the tracks. We have questions about faith. And, and sometimes we can get confused about exactly what it is. Some people say, well, you know, faith is just a step off a cliff into the darkness. It's just a leap of faith. It's check your brains at the door and now you're gonna operate by faith. Some people get the idea that faith is a feeling. Kind of, you, you know, when you get faith that you have goosebumps and liver shivers and that, that is faith. Other people think that faith is positive thinking like the little train who says, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, and that is faith. That's not faith, that's not biblical faith. So we're gonna look today and answer the question, what is faith? What does God have to say about it? Now, Hebrews 11 is one of the hallmark chapters in all of the Bible and all of the New Testament, especially. It has been described as the hall of the faithful. You know, we have the hall of fame today in different sports. Well, Hebrews 11 is God's hall. It's the hall of people who were faithful to God. And Hebrews 11 lists 16 specific names along with many others who aren't named by name, but all these people had the same thing in common. They had faith and they were extolled by God because of their faith. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse one, the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who it is, but he says this, now faith, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the men of old gained approval. I want you to notice with me two discoveries concerning faith. What is faith? What does God want us to know about faith? Discovery number one, faith is the right response to divine revelation. That is biblical faith. It's the right response to divine revelation. God reveals it, and we respond to what God has revealed, and that is faith. Now notice, faith is rooted in the word of God. There is no faith apart from the word of God. Faith is rooted in the word of God, and Romans chapter 10, verse 17 makes that extremely explicitly clear. Because that verse says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In order to have faith, you need to hear the word of God so that you can act upon the word of God. And that is faith. Noah, the scripture says, he's one of the ones that the Bible mentions by name in Hebrews. It says, by faith, he was warned by God about things not yet seen. And God told him that there was a flood coming, and in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. He heard from God. Abraham, who is also mentioned in Hebrews 11, Abraham was living in Ur of the Chaldees. He worshiped the moon god. He was a pagan, and he heard from God. And God said, go from your countrymen and go from your relatives to a land where I will show you. And the Bible said Abraham went out not knowing where. And it says this in the book of Genesis. So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And we know of Abraham. Abraham was justified by faith. Abraham responded to revelation. He responded to what God had said to him. Faith is rooted in the word of God. 
And faith, because it's rooted in the word of God, it is not rooted in the desires and plans of man. This is so key to understand. God has to speak in order for us to respond. But in our world today, we have teachers and preachers, many of them on television, who say, no, let me tell you how this works. Faith, faith is like a force. And if you get in on this force, then you can command certain things to happen in your life. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that faith comes and it produces the desires and plans of man. God's not interested in the plans of man. God's interested in his plan. But here's how the teaching goes. Hey, what is it you want? What is it you desire? You just speak it into existence. You just name it and claim it. Now, as I've told you before, you can't name it and claim it. God has to name it before you and I can claim it. To walk by faith means you claim what God has named. To walk in presumption means you name it and say, now, God, you have to do what I have named. And the whole thinking behind the word of faith movement is that, you know, God wants you healthy and God wants you wealthy. And, and it's, it's focused in so much of the time on physical health and material wealth. There's not a lot said about suffering because who wants that? There's a lot said about material wealth and physical health. But I present the Apostle Paul as evidence. There's nothing in the Bible that teaches us that Paul was materially wealthy. I mean, when Paul went to Corinth, he didn't take any money from the Corinthians because he didn't want them to, to view him as somebody who was uh, living off the gospel. So he said, I'm not going to do that. It was his right to do that. Uh, the, the laborers worthy of his wages, but he didn't do it. He worked. He was a bivocational pastor during his time in Corinth, and he was a tent maker. Now, he wasn't making uh, big bucks as a tent maker. He was just doing that to, to provide for him to be able to preach and teach. So there's nothing in the Bible that indicates Paul was materially wealthy, and there is nothing in the Bible that says he was physically healthy. To the contrary, he had a problem. And his problem, he talks about it in 2 Corinthians, his problem was a thorn in the flesh. He had some kind of physical issue a thorn in the flesh, in his physical flesh, something, we don't know exactly what it was, but he didn't want it and he didn't like it. And he prayed three times that it would depart from him. And uh, the Lord answered his prayer and said the third time and said, no, it's not going to depart from you. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in your weakness. And so Paul had this problem. Like I said, we don't know exactly what it was. Some have hypothesized that his problem had to do with his eyes because he says to the Galatians, I bear you witness that you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. He closes the book of Galatians and he says, see with what large letters I am writing my name. Some have said Paul couldn't see very well. And that was his thorn in the flesh. So to be a, a scholar like Paul, if you can't see very well, is very, very difficult. We don't know. I was reading a, a description of the Apostle Paul. You know, we don't have any pictures of him, but we have uh, people have said things about him through the years. And they said, well, Paul was a short guy. He was a bow-legged guy, not very impressive, had kind of a long nose. He was bald-headed. 
And, uh, you know, I always thought that was his thorn in the flesh because it's a hard thing to be bald headed, but that probably wasn't it. It was probably his eyesight or something else, but it was something physical that he didn't want. And Paul had a lot of faith. I dare say he had as much faith as anyone, and yet he couldn't just name it and claim it. I like what one guy said, faith is not getting what you want, but receiving what God gives, what God gives. And God is the one who says, this is the way it's gonna be. We don't tell God this is the way it's going to be. He tells us this is the way it's going to be. You know, the scripture here in Hebrews 11, verse four talks about Abel. Abel's the first one it mentions. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. If Abel could have written his own script, he probably wouldn't have written that he was going to get murdered by his brother Cain. But you don't get to do that because... As the scripture says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's God's will. It's God's plan. And we walk in God's will and we walk in God's plan. And uh, one lady wrote a book called Command Your Morning. And she teaches her followers, you just command it. You just name it and claim it. You just speak it and you speak it into reality. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. God is God, and God speaks, and then we claim what God has named. So what is faith? Faith is simply believing God's word and acting upon it. That is faith. It's not positive thinking. It's hearing God's word, believing God's word, and doing what God has said to do. It's believing and acting upon it. Look at Hebrews 11.1 in the Amplified. It says this, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation, the substance. The, that, that word literally means to undergird. It's the, uh, the setting under of things hoped for, things that you are confidently expecting because God has promised them, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith comprehends as fact what can't be uh, ascertained by your physical senses. God says to Abraham, go to a land where I will show you. And Abraham says, where? And God says, just go, I'll show you when you get there. And Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. He was just following what the Lord said to do. And Abraham believed God and his faith was counted as righteousness. Now, God's word is sure, sure. So when people say, well, you know, faith is just checking your brains at the door and taking a step out into the darkness, a step off the cliff, that's not what it is. It's taking a step onto the solid, sure word of God. Faith is the assurance, the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, you can mark it down. His word is sure even though we don't understand it. And so much of the time when God tells us to do something, when God gives a promise, when God says, do this and I will do that, we don't understand it. We don't, we can't figure it out. We say, well, that doesn't make sense to me, God. And God says, yeah, I know, because I'm God and you're you. That's why it doesn't make sense to you. 
Isaiah 55, verse 9, the Lord says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When God told Noah to build an ark because there was coming a flood, did you know in Noah's day, the Bible intimates this, it had never rained before. So when God tells you there's a flood coming and you've never even seen a rain, it's really hard for you to, to wrap your head around this. I'm going to flood the earth with water. There is going to be a cloud, a rain that's going to come like a torrent. And Noah's like, I, God, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. What is rain? I've never seen rain, never experienced rain. We've never had rain. I don't see how that can be. But you said it. I believe what you said. All right, I take that step of faith and I step out on the substance of the word of God. I believe it even though I don't understand it. His word is sure. Even when you don't understand it, his word is sure even though we don't see it. It's the conviction of things not seen. Now, when God says something, you and I don't see it readily because it hasn't happened yet. But it's not us speaking it into reality. It's God speaking and then us believing what God has said. Huge difference because this idea that you can speak your own reality, it makes you the, the master and the, the architect of your own uh, plan and, and purpose and, and that you are going to say, God, this is the way it's going to be. It's not like that at all. God is the master. We're the servants. We come before the master and say, yes, master, what do you want me to do? You know, Moses is considered a great, great leader. And we have all this stuff and all these books about leadership. How did Moses lead the people? He watched the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And when the, when the cloud stayed put, when the pillar of fire stayed put, the people camped. And when the cloud, that cloud was a picture, is a presence of God, it pictured God. And so when God moved out, then Moses said, hey, we're moving out because the cloud is going. He just followed the Lord. He wasn't telling the Lord that, well, Lord, I want to go here tomorrow. It didn't work that way. It, you followed him. And so that's what we do. We follow him. Even though when God tells us to do something, we can't see the end result. I love the story of Elijah, the prophet. You know, the Bible says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed that it might not rain, and it didn't rain on the earth for three years and six months. That's a long time. You can read about his story in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18, and there's a huge drought in the land. Ahab is king in Israel. Ahab is a wicked king, and his wife was even worse than he was, Jezebel. And so they're ruling in Israel, and Israel's an evil place, and Jezebel is turning everything over to, uh, to the prophets of Baal, and those are her uh, counselors, and she's trying to kill the prophets of the Lord. Well, God brings a drought because Elijah prayed. And at the end of that three years and six months, they have this big uh, convocation. It's kind of a showdown between the prophets of Baal and Elijah the prophet. Elijah the prophet said, hey, let's uh, get the people together. We'll, we'll show who's God here. The God who answers by fire, he is God. And so remember, they have the sacrifices and the prophets of Baal bring their sacrifice and they call on Baal. Oh, Baal, show yourself uh, mighty and strong. Show yourself as the God who answers by fire. And they called on him for six hours from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And there is no answer because Baal is not God. 
So Elijah said, all right, you had your turn. Now it's my turn. He takes his offering. He douses it with water over and over and over again until there's just water everywhere. And then he calls on the Lord and the Lord brings fire. And in his prayer, he says this. He says, oh Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. At your word. Elijah didn't cook any of this stuff up. God told him he was going to do that. And Elijah prayed and Elijah asked God to do what God had already said he was going to do, even though he hadn't seen it yet. And God did. And the fire fell. And then they executed the prophets of Baal. And then this is what happened. It hadn't rained for three years and six months. So Elijah begins to pray. He's on the top of Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel is there by the Mediterranean Sea. He begins to pray and he tells his servant, go look on Mount Carmel toward the Mediterranean Sea. Tell me what you see. And the guy comes back. He said, I don't see anything. He's looking for rain clouds. You see any clouds? I don't see any clouds. He said, go look again. Nothing. Go look again. Nothing. Go look again. Every time that guy went to look, Elijah went to pray. Go look again. He sent him back seven times. And on the seventh time, the guy comes back and says to Elijah, I see a cloud about the size of a man's fist. And Elijah said, that's it. That's God's answer. God is sending rain. You go tell King Ahab to get ready because a heavy shower is coming. Now, when he prayed, he didn't see anything. I'm praying, God, for rain because you told me. It was at your word. You told me to do all this stuff, so I'm praying for rain. And when the servant, he said, no, there are no clouds. It's clear as a bell. There's no rain coming. Go do it again. Go look again. No, there's nothing again. Nothing again, again, again. And on the seventh time, well, there's something, but it's so small. It's just the size of a man's hand. And that's all Elijah needed. He said, that's what it is. God is going to send the rain. And God sent a gully washer. Because, listen, the Lord, when he speaks, you can step out upon that because God cannot lie. And those who step out in faith and believe God's word, they experience the power and the promises of God. As Pastor Jeff has taught today, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, We walk by faith, not by sight. But what does that really mean? In simple terms, it means that the Christian life is a walk with God continually in everything we do. You see, the only way to please God in our walk with Him is to exercise that faith in Him by having a continual awareness of Him in all situations, decisions, and actions. In this series called The Walk, He gives practical biblical encouragement to each of us to take God at His word and step out on His promises, regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves. This powerful and inspiring series is available in our online resource center at fromhisheart.org. Again, it's called The Walk. Our special thank you gift for your support this month to From His Heart is the series The Next Step. When you fully surrender your heart and life to Christ through repentance and faith, What's next? What do you do? Where do you go? How can you grow in your new faith? These and many more answers are available in Pastor Jeff's Seven Lesson Series, The Next Step. Again, our gift for your support this month. Call 86640 Bible to get your copy. 
866-408-86640-BIBLE or go online to fromhisheart.org and make that gift today and we'll send you the series on a USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs. You choose. God bless you for your new faith and trust that you'll use these tools to lay a solid foundation for maturing in the faith. Well, that's our time for today. Thank you for joining us on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles, trusting that you'll be with us next time for part two of this foundational message on learning about what real faith looks like. Here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, broadcasting the truth and love to a lost and a hurting world in our 20th year. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.